At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey guys, welcome back to the Film Photography Podcast, Analog Talk. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Chris. And today our guest is Dylan Barnes from Now Developing, and we're going to be talking about being a hobbyist photographer. Hey, Dylan. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Great, great. So can you give us like like a background of how you got into being a hobbyist photographer? Yeah, for sure. When I was like 17, I was going to a lot of concerts and stuff, a lot of local shows and whatnot. And I decided that I wanted to be like the show photographer. Me and, too. Yes. Yeah. Same so, here. Yep. <laughs> Why do we all start out that way? That's so funny. <laughs> it seems like everybody starts in the same place for some reason. Yeah. So Around, I think, my 17th birthday, I got my first SLR after just going to the park when I was like 16 with like an old Kodak Easy Share camera. Like, nice. really lame. <laughs> yeah, right. And then, uh, <laughs> but I felt like I felt so cool when I finally got the, uh, the SLR and I started shooting shows and stuff. I kind of graduated, uh, you know, doing the live shows and then I did some bigger things, which was kind of cool, you know, doing things like Taylor Swift, which was really rad. Ooh, nice, yeah, nice. So, uh, that was cool. And then, uh, after a while, I just a friend of mine that I grew up with taking pictures with, he went to school for photography and darkroom and stuff like that. So I just kind of got inspired by him. And I mean, we still talk and it's been over 10 years. So we still kind of feed off of each other's energy a bit like that. So man, that's great. It's good to have a, a, a buddy like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so a little bit after that, and then I started shooting film, and I just kind of picked up a camera at a Goodwill and just shot a roll, took it to Walgreens, and I've kind of fell in love with it ever since. Which camera did you find at Goodwill? Oh, I think it was like one of those Canon 35s, you know, with the 35 2.8 lens, and, you know, Nikon has the same one. Yeah. Man, score. So you have a really awesome website and blog. Can you kind of... Talk a little bit about that and how that got started. Yeah, thank you. I started it about a year ago now. And I did that because I just needed another outlet to kind Mm. of show my photography. I felt that like the Flickr community had kind of dwindled a little bit. Yeah, fizzled fizzled out. That's so sad. I hope it comes back. That's why I I I, I like that that people have been asking, like, where else can I put? I don't have Flickr. Where else can I do the photo challenge? I'm like, no, go to Flickr. (laughs) (laughs) let's bring it back someone actually asked me yesterday they said you know i need to get on making a website for myself and i said that's the only way to do it uh and that's kind of how i've been thinking about things lately is that if you really want to do something i think you should just go out learn how to do it and do it yourself so yeah i agree for sure and i started the now developing blog because i started developing film a few years ago uh my boss came to me i'm a middle school teacher and he knew I was into photography and he said, you know, you should teach the kids how to shoot film and, and develop it. It'd be really cool. I used to have a dark room. You know, I could walk you through the process if you need it. And uh, after that, I started developing my own film. And then I said, I'm going to I'm gonna start a blog. So That's awesome. So that's really awesome that, you're, that your school, because when, when I was in high school, we had a, a, a photography class that was dark room. But that's because it was the late 90s and that's what it was. There wasn't really any digital. And... I've since I've been sort of in contact with my my graphic arts teacher who taught that photography class and they switched over to digital and right. I was like but wait what? they had like a whole nice dark room with this like the revolving door that went around you know and I was like yeah. oh yeah what? the back cave yeah yep. so <laughs> I think that's really awesome that your that your coworker or boss was like no let's do let's do the dark room thing that's great yeah this year it's really cool because we actually built a dark room in one of our rooms, which is really cool. So this year will be the first year oh, we're actually doing man. some enlarging great. with the kids. Which That's is so great. That makes me awesome. so happy. 
Yeah. So what I read, is that an after school, an after school project that you do? Or is that like an elective or something like that that the kids take? It's an after school program, but I just finished my last practicum before I start my dissertation. I'm a doctoral student. Mm -hmm. And yeah, one of my professors said, you know, you have to do something that involves curriculum and instruction. So what she advised me to do was make a hybrid learning course for film photography. She said, you know, have a, have a lab day with the kids and they spend all that time with the hands-on stuff but you teach them the content through the online portion of the course. So I did that. And, you know, over the past couple of years, I've been in contact with Michael Rosso, the film photography project. Yeah. Mike, yeah. Pado- Mike Padua of Shoot Film mm-hmm. Co. And they've all, you know, chipped in in some way or form. I love that so much. Mike, yeah. Michael sent cameras. Uh, Michael Rosso sent cameras and stickers and the kids were so stoked. And Mike Padua, he sent some, you know, patches and stickers and pencils and pads. It's it's really been awesome. Man, it's so great. Dude, what a great guy. He did the same thing with me because I, I, I think that's how we got in contact with each other. You had said something to me about if I needed any advice or help with, uh, I'm taking on some students in the middle, actually, next weekend i'm taking on uh nine kids to teach them how to shoot film and develop and stuff and you know mike mike padua shoot film code did the exact same thing i mean without hesitation he was just like he's like i got a couple extra cameras for you uh does it need to have a battery and i'm like uh i don't know like you were the (laughs) nicest genuine like helpful i think that's just like the coolest part of like the film community is that i've never felt like such a supportive environment where I could talk to somebody literally across the country and mm-hmm. they just come through for you. And I think that's so rad. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree completely. Man, so how many kids do you have in your group, in your club? Usually the demand is pretty high considering we're a small charter school. So there's only about 120 yeah. students in our school, but about 25 of them want to take the club. Wow. Oh, so get awesome. out of here. That's a lot. Yeah. So I split them in half and then I do like a, a group A and a group B over two sessions of nine weeks each yeah how old are they what's the age range 11 to 14 so they're young oh great boys and girls man that's so boys and girls yeah that's awesome that's great that's great news for the for the future (laughs) of this whole thing man are you gonna post that stuff on your do you ever like i guess you probably can't share that stuff on uh on your site last year we every year we do a photography gallery showing for the kids in the school so we you know we decorate the whole school we deck it out we shut the lights off. We do the spotlight Yay. treatment, you know, and the kids get all dressed up, semi-formal. Oh, oh like, man. They, awesome. Yeah, we print their work. We frame it. Their families come in. They really enjoy it. We do some awards. And at the end of the last one, I decided to go ahead and make a blog post of my favorites from the course. That's awesome. Yeah. From the session. So there is a, a post on the site from that. I, I do plan on doing it again. So have you ever got, have you guys ever seen the documentary Born into Brothels? No. No, I have not. Mm-mm. It's a it's What's a really that? it's a really great documentary about kids in India who are born in the red red light district. And this woman who's a mm. documentary photographer comes in and she ends up teaching these group of kids film photography. So she hands out like point and shoot cameras. It's a really great documentary. And then they kind of like showcase some of the kids have like a natural talent for it. And some of them, like wow. one of the kids, got offered to go to an art school. Whoa. No kidding. Yeah. That's so crazy. if you guys haven't checked that, doc- it's one of my favorites. Born into brothels. It's uh, incredible. Yeah, I definitely got to check that out. Just judging by the work that some of my kids produce sometimes i'm just like blown away Mm -hmm. and last year i had two kids who just literally just knocked it out the park and they're back helping they graduated to high school and they're coming back every wednesday to come help me teach the course oh that's so great oh that's so solid yeah that's great that's awesome man so talk about being a hobbyist you don't you don't want to take on work for pay (laughs) no not really i don't know uh i was thinking i I don't either (laughs) (laughs) i mean i was thinking about this earlier i don't know i display work i enjoy displaying work like i Mm -hmm. have a printer i have a scanner but it's all for the love of the craft man yeah i just oh yeah it's too much of a headache for me to even sell cameras that i find at thrift stores yeah. it's just not worth it for me unless it's worth like a considerable amount of money like i've been giving them away through instagram giveaways you know yeah, i saw to, that that's that's genius i love that just to pass them around you know and and maybe mm-hmm. get a few more hits on the blog but you know other than that it's really it's just because i'm not using them and somebody else should you know yeah exactly yeah. dude that's i just awesome. went through that i just went through that today i i was thinking about going out and shooting and you know, behind me, I'm sure you can see, you can't see in the audio, but I have a million cameras behind me. And I was just like contemplating 
like, what camera should I take for my little photo walk today? And instead of keeping it simple, I was like, I should bring my medium format. I should bring my large format. I should bring this. I should bring that. And then I was so burned out from, like, deciding what camera to take. I just sat back down and started watching YouTube videos. <laughs> and you, like, don't even feel like, like it after oh, all that. Dude, like, yeah, it's just so funny how, how gear just kind of, like, stunts you mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. What, what, what are you guys shooting now? I'm in the process of weeding out my camera collection. I'm going to do what you said you know i'm just gonna give a bunch of stuff away through my youtube through this Mm -hmm. and you know stuff i'm just not using and just keeping like one good 35 one good medium one my large format and just kind of go with it you know keep it simple because i'm really i've been so focused on shooting every camera that i have that i'm only shooting like three shots per camera and then there's a roll of film sitting in each one of these back here so i would say i'm shooting a a toyo field four five that's my uh four by five camera my large format uh a mamiya rb67 and uh 35 i always shoot a canon ftb it's my favorite camera ever nice chris what are you shooting so today I actually loaded up uh, my Contax G1 with the new Roly Chrome film. You guys oh, nice. still want to try that? Yeah, I, got, I just got a couple rolls of that, so um, I'm gonna see how that turns out. I haven't shot Chrome in like probably a couple of years, I think. So I'm excited to try something new. So that'll be cool. That might be like the best designed film box I've ever seen. Yeah, and somebody I, else. Showing it with the design you know, somebody on commented that. today on because I posted it on my Instagram. They're like, "It's such pretty packaging." I was like, "Right, it's like nice and shiny." Yeah, indeed. Um, so Dylan, another thing I noticed on your website is you do like features. You feature photographers, right? Is that? I do. I don't know. I guess it kind of goes with like the camera giveaways and stuff. I just want to share the wealth, you know. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I thought about doing, I guess, when I started the blog, I was like, well you know, what's, what's the vision? What's the goal? And I just figured I could do whatever I want. It's my blog, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. As long as it revolves around the idea of developing e- either as like a human being or uh, with the double meaning with like developing film, right? So That's uh, awesome. I love that. I love yeah, that. That's really cool. cool. So everything has to do with like developing film and everything's like part of the process. So I started the part of the process feature, uh, which mm-hmm. features anybody who self develops their film at home. And it, I posted that on one of the Facebook groups and I must have had like a ridiculous amount of people just be like, yeah, absolutely. You know, like a hundred, like a hundred people. Now, not all of them filled out the survey or whatever, but I must have had, you know, a solid 50% return rate, which was really nice. And people are really stoked, you know, and I think it gets, it gets people who shoot and develop film really happy and, and it gives them a platform to be like, Hey, look, like I was on this website. It just gives them like a notch in their belt and they're happy about it. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I love sharing it. Like when I see some people's work and I'm just like, man, like your stuff should be hung up somewhere. A lot of these people and they really care about it. Yeah, with our Flickr group too, I've been like so impressed by everybody's work. It's just incredible to see just to share that stuff, you know, because it's like especially with the the day and age where like iPhone photography where it's like, you know, just instant and like Snapchat disappears. It's like really cool to like see it all like especially if Flickr's layout just like puts it all like in a nice you know format that it's just like even even cooler to like see it all displayed. Even if no it's just on a computer screen, it's it's cool to see everybody's work like that. So that's awesome. Man, it's it's such a bummer generation though. Like after you post a picture on Instagram or something, that picture is it's kinda dead. It's it's dead. It lost its its luster. Well it lived like its online life, right? So Mm -hmm. like its online life is like over after a few days right after you post mm-hmm. after you post the next photo right after a few scrolls yeah. it's gone I promised myself when i started working on my last book project i was just like i am not going to share a single one of these photos until the book That's is smart. ready and done mm-hmm. because man there is nothing worse than like putting so much time into something and then it just like being gone by the mm-hmm. blink of an eye. It's like, you know, it's obsolete right after that. So like I, I've promised myself. That's why I haven't been posting so much on Instagram anymore, too, because my work means so much more than the 103 likes that it gets on Instagram. Exactly. You know, so right. I, I feel like I'm losing a little bit of myself every time I, I try to like you know go for the glory on instagram i'm just like oh geez no like (laughs) but yeah it's it's such a weird weird world we live in now where you know it's so instant and over and 
I mean, it doesn't have to be like that. That's why I print my work, and that's why I'm hanging right. on to it and stuff like that. You said you did you 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 did a photo book. Did you do a book? Is that what I you did? Said? Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah, I put together like a small book. My my father passed away about like a year and a half ago now. Oh no! And that was sort of. Right I mean, obviously that was sort of rough, but photography and just going through the process of making a physical book was probably the most therapeutic thing I could have done. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, some of the the images are really personal and and really intimate, and I I like to think it's really engaging. But I mean, I did it for me. But a lot of people had a lot of nice things to say about it. Christopher Sturm runs the YouTube channel called the Photo Department, and he recently, uh, we recently did a thing where we traded like uh, coffee, and we were just going to do coffee. But I was like, ah, oh, I'll throw a book in, you know, just to you know say my thanks and just give him like a little token to go with. And it's yeah. pretty cool that I could send it to California, you know, yeah. and uh, he really appreciated it. And then he ended up sending back some prints. So it, you know, just by that little natural interaction, we got to, you know, share some work. And I felt like, you know, me and him are like tight friends, never met, but just through photography alone. I love that. I love like print swaps and book swaps. And, you know, when I, when I did my book, I, I definitely gave away more than I sold, you know, yeah. it's just because you know, we do these things for us. Like you didn't make that book to become like a millionaire. You know what right. I mean? You did yeah, that for book sure. because it it was important to you. Like those photos are important to you. Exactly. And, you know, the book that I did, it was me moving to a new city. I was learning the city and you guys got to learn that city with me. So it was important, you know, right. and and I just, you know, like you said, mailed out, made some buddies through Instagram or Flickr or, you know, the film community. And it was like, hey, I want to send you my book. Like and, and the same thing happened when I sent them my book. They sent me prints back or they sent me a letter just like, that's cool. Hey, man, this is this is great. Like, I, I just love that. Tangible. Love, like, tangible. Yeah. yeah. Tangible. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love that. It just, it makes it all worth it, man. It's just yeah. all worth it after that. And the collection's definitely growing, which is oh, really yeah. cool. You know, yeah, it's really awesome. Was that tough to cool. to to make? Who did you go through? Because I'm I'm like, so like I've been inspired to do like different projects through talking to people through this podcast, and like making a book is one of them. Who who did you get it made through? Somebody local or was it? No, I did a online service called uh, Smart Press, and Smart I did Press. like the perfect yeah SmartPress.com, and they did like uh, I did a perfect bound option, so it has a spine on it, and it wasn't thick enough to have like lettering or writing or the title on the spine, but oh okay yeah, I did like it. It, it was definitely probably more of a zine feel than than mm-hmm. you know like a solid coffee table book sort of yeah. thing. But I was I was thrilled, man. When I got those first test copies in the mail, they sent me two of them, and I, I, I think I almost cried. Just yeah. like I was just like, oh my god, like uh, this is my first piece of real work, and like I am so proud of yeah, it. Yeah, man, I love hearing that. That's awesome. I'm definitely gonna be looking into doing something like that soon. I think. Yeah, Chris, you need to you need to get on the personal I need, work. I, end I, of things. I do. I know. I, I seriously, I need to like start making prints like you, Timothy, and like I would love to like have like 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 we said like a tangible book of my work. I haven't had that in like yeah years yeah. and years and years. I did show some work in a Barnes and Noble like over ten years ago, but that oh, was nice. That was I was shooting digital. Not that it matters, but it was like all my digital stuff that was like mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So it's time to get back out there, I guess. That's why I'm glad we're talking about the hobbyist thing because Chris, you're on like the other the other side of that. You photography is your job. Yeah. You know, like you do photography for work. And like I started out in that realm of things. Like I was doing weddings and stuff like that. And it's just like it's soul sucking. Like I think I said it before on one of the other podcasts that I don't want that feeling of like punching into a time clock like yeah. I have at work with photography because man that is what keeps me sane right. like it is it's my hobby man it's my fun and it's just it's good to have you know Dylan on here and you're doing the same kind of thing I think my my film photography is kind of like the hobby part of it for me because yeah. like I said before I only pick up my digital when I'm going to work so like anytime I'm out shooting for myself it is with film photography and I think that that what you just said about keeping it your your sanity through photography yeah that's definitely true for the the film photography part of it for me so that's kind of cool it's awesome man so tell us about getting featured for japan camera hunter oh yeah uh, you talk about, i just pretty big. saw that now, oh, I, yeah. I, I think i saw that you posted a photo of him i did recently yeah. right you hung out yeah yeah we did um i oh that's so cool yeah uh me and two of my friends we went to japan this summer and I was like, oh man, wouldn't it be cool? Like, I, it, even if I just reached out to Bellamy and I was just like, oh, hey man, I'm gonna be in Tokyo, like, you know, 
no, I don't want to intrude. I don't want to bother you. I know you're a busy dude, but it would be really cool if I could just like meet up, even like take a photo with you and just say, hey. But he he was emailing me back and forth. He had a crazy hectic schedule and yeah, he's a busy guy. Yeah, for sure. And he <laughs> he invited me to his office. We we like we did the the English man thing. We had a cup of tea together. Great. Oh. You know, we talked. Yeah, we talked all things film. He showed me a couple things in his office and told me a few things he was you know working on or whatever. And then before I even emailed him, I already sent that feature to him. And when I when I met him in person, he was basically like seeing me off. He's like, "That'll be up in like two days, dude." He's like, "Sorry, I'm, I'm late on it, but it'll be up, I promise." And then I was like, "Can I grab a photo of you?" And I had my Mamiya Six with me, and he looked at me, and he looked at my camera, and he goes, "Well, if it's with that camera, fine." <laughs> man, that is awesome. Did you find yeah, some of the craziest cameras, man? Jeez. He really does. And yeah. Did you such... did you do any did you do any camera hunting while you're while you were in Japan, Dylan? I hit like the big spots. I hit a I hit like uh I think it's called Map Camera, and I hit Yodobashi, and it was it was just like I was in awe at the the film section. Yeah. Yodobashi. <laughs> yeah. It was just wild. I stocked up and I spent hundreds of dollars in film, you know, and I was just like I need what I need here now. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I bought uh. I want to say like 20 rolls of film, but I shot it all before I got home. That's great. Well done. Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) Mission accomplished. (laughs) For sure. Yeah, I love his get featured spot on his website. I found a bunch of awesome photographers through that for sure. Yeah, I got to check that out. I didn't even know he did that. Yeah, yeah. You need to go on his website. There's like a whole section that's like get featured. It's just every time I go to his website, I look at all the cameras and I'm like, I can't have any of these. So... (laughs) I know, and he also does the what's in what's in your bag feature. Oh too. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he always does cool. Do I've that, seen that, which is really cool too. And he's doing like crazy projects now, which is really awesome. Like that. Did you see the third culture pins that he did? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. those are really yeah. cool. And you know, but I he, saw he's doing the one twenty film now too. Right. right. And that, that film's awesome. If you guys haven't tried it, I definitely recommend you try it out. Yeah, I haven't it tried still, it. I thought it was all sold out. Isn't it sold out? I think it's like it's it's gone. I think the thirty five oh, millimeters really? gone. From what oh. I. From what I heard, because I was looking in to get it. I just I just bought a whole bunch of film recently, and that was going to be one of the roles, and I, it's it's just impossible to find. I mean, I'm sure I could like find it on eBay for something astronomical. But... He's going to do another run. Yeah, well, he's doing the 120, right. so that's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, I haven't even used the, the role I got while I was in Japan of the Japan Camera Hunter, but it's actually in my camera right now, so Ooh, I'm nice, excited to, nice. to see how that comes out. Right on. What camera is it in right now? It's in a Contax T3. Ooh. <laughs> I know. I know. I I kind of so hate jealous. it, but in a yeah. Uh, I love the camera, but what I wish I never did was sell my original point, my go-to point and shoot, which was the Ricoh GR1. Ooh. Oh man. And yeah, those I, have gone up in price too, haven't they? They all are. And yeah, I think I, know. I think some of them are just like insane because I still find cameras in Goodwill. That people are paying, you know, I find them in Goodwill for dollars. Yeah. And yeah. Same, people same are here. paying six, $700. And I'm just like, oh man, I could never pay $300 for an Olympus Stylus Epic in a million yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Never, never. I would never do it. But uh, yeah, I How sold much did you that. sell your. Uh... Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I sold the, the GR1 for, I, I got it on a really nice uh, deal. The guy who sold it to me picked up like three super nice cameras he already had a GR1, but he picked it up because he couldn't, you know, he couldn't turn the offer down. Yeah, and then I was like, to that. yeah, and I was like, please, please sell it to me. I was like, what do you want? And he's like, uh, just, you know, give me uh, 200 or 250. I think I ended up paying 250 for it. Not bad. And then I, Man, yeah, that's still good. Yeah, it was still really good. He gave me a deal even at the time. And then I sold that. And then I think I ended up with a Contax T2. But I just, I wasn't as happy as I was. And then I was like, well, I guess it's time to bite the billet and try the T3. (laughs) And uh, so I paid pretty much what was going great at the time I bought it when I bought it. And, but I love that camera. You know, it doesn't leave me at all. So would you say that that's like your main shooter right now? Is that what you're shooting all the time with? Yeah, for 35, definitely. I'm definitely shooting the T3 a lot. For 120, I'm shooting the Mamiya 6, and then I'm still like struggling to find like my ideal 35 millimeter rangefinder. 
Mm. Uh, mm. I just got a mm. Konica Hexar RF, which I really enjoy. But I just, I don't know. There's something about the Leica Sumacron that I have that I might not like too much. It's a 50 millimeter and the bokeh, 50. Yeah, the bokeh is just like, it's a little too much for me, I think, personally. Mm. I can I can relate to that. I, I'm not the biggest, like, bokeh fan it's yeah <laughs> it gets it gets a bit much when it's used you know a little For sure too heavily but i feel like that bokeh is like one of those things it's like it was like super trendy for a while and then like kind of everybody kind of got sick of it you know right because well, at least yeah. for when i was shooting weddings it was like the thing everybody was oh, doing was like of course get rid of the yeah, background you gotta have your 85 1.4 at exactly. the wedding exactly exactly yeah. 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 yeah well it's the same thing i think when like the like the targets and the walmarts brought in the affordable dslrs like bokeh just became obsolete <laughs> because like soccer moms were doing it at you know their kids games mm-hmm. and stuff and it was just like okay this isn't special right. anymore. well now like the latest i <laughs> but, now the latest iphone has like a portrait mode where you can get I, that I effect too say. you yep. know it's just insane that is but i really like the wow. the feel of like the mamiya 6 and the the depth i get from that one because it doesn't it doesn't turn things into circles it's not super blurry it's just like your yeah. subject is in focus and everything else that isn't in focus just it's just not in focus you know and i like that slight prominence in my images like that now that's the 6 by 6 yeah right? that's a 6 by 6 yeah square format yeah. man i I've never got to shoot either the 6 or the 7. I would love to get my hands on one of those, just even for like a test run, just to cruise around. Because, you know, I shoot the Mamiya RB 6.7, and that thing's like carrying a baby elephant around. So it's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would love, I, I keep looking at the, man, who else makes those Fuji GW whatever's they are, those 6x4.5s too. Oh, like yeah, I yeah, want yeah. something medium format handheld. Right. Like I need something just a little smaller. Yeah, I just help. But That's bigger right. All at I the same time. Another camera. Right. I need another camera. Yeah, weren't you just yeah. talking about slimming down your gear? I know. Don't, don't I it's don't It's an impossible right feat. Just accept it. It's, get, accept it's getting it. late. <laughs> yep. I just helped my my best friend. I converted him to the film side. He's been shooting like the nice. Rico the Rico GR digital. Yeah. But he's mm-hmm. been feeling the film itch. So I helped him find, you know, something that's comfortable for him, but I think that's gonna give him like a totally different experience. So I recommended him that uh the Fuji GA six forty five ZI, the zoom version. Oh. Oh okay. uh, yeah, and he yeah. already blew through a roll in like a day as soon as he got it. And he's like, oh man, I hope, you know, I hope the pictures came out well and I'm doing this right. But you know, he's ecstatic even just taking photos on it. So I'm happy for him. That's awesome. Man, I love when people come to me and they're like, Man, I'm really trying to get into film. I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, Here we, we go. go. Buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all my friends know I develop film, you know, with the kids at school and stuff. So now I'm getting requests mm-hmm. like, Oh, you might you know, can I pay you to develop my film? And I'm just like, Oh, ah. oh you're starting to cross that line. You're, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, hold on I a second. Want, yeah, I don't want to get paid for it too much. T- you know, tell I, him to I, send him to Timothy, he'll do it. Yeah. There you go. That's what that's what happened to me. I just everybody caught on that I was the only guy doing it in town. And they're just like, Oh, you you develop. I have these roles sitting in my drawer right. for three years. Can I you, you wanna see what's on them for me? And I'm like, I need to do this as you a do. job because right. it, it's 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 really what I wanna do. You know, and it keeps me it keeps me in the same kind of category and I'll be working with film right. and there's nothing like, you know, the people I have about five clients right now that I work with on a regular basis. I'm their lab. Okay. And there's nothing better than like dropboxing a folder of their film and then being like, oh man, these look way better than I thought they were going to. Like film is amazing. Yeah. Like these are digital shooters that are like, you know, they have a sidearm point and shoot that they're grabbing some shots on vacation and right. stuff or they're doing concert photography and it's just like they're seeing why you know a lot of people are switching back to film like yeah for sure yeah. but yeah same same thing friends are always asking <laughs> i have this this 90 <laughs> year old guy that i owns the building i work at he's always like oh i have another role for you and i'm <laughs> that's like that's so awesome. cute Mr. That is Bob, so cool. come on <laughs> I love that's it. awesome he's out he's out shooting Oh, dude, this guy, he's like my photography guru. I think I've talked about him before on the show. He's his name's Mr. Bob Candidate. He's he's got he won't tell anybody how old he is. He's got to be like 80 or 90 or something. He used to be a wedding photographer back in the day and his wife owned a wedding dress shop. So they were kind of like a package. Killing it, probably killing it. Oh, dude, he, he killed it. He was 
Dude, he was telling me, he showed me some of the cameras he has. He has a Nikon 15mm lens that has contrast filters built into it. Like, Nikon only made, like, seven of these, and he has Oh, you should go that's, through his collection. wild. Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. I, I was like, I that better be I in the will say, for me. You you, I was like, you gotta I'm put like, me in the will. I need all the cameras. He always jokes with me, though. He's always just like, well, you're out of the will. And I'm like, Mr. Bob, come on. I was like, I give you free coffee every day. <laughs> That's so like, cute. <laughs> but he, he's given me so much stuff, like bulk rollers, lenses, cameras. He'll find something and just give it to me. Like the coolest thing he found and gave to me, though, was two full unopened boxes of Type 55 Polaroid. Oh, nice. I mean, yeah, that's like a couple hundred bucks of yeah. bucks. And he just found them. They were refrigerated and they they still work great. Like, I mean... This guy is a legend. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah, actually, my favorite yeah. thing that I've accumulated from, because I just get, you know, people throw stuff on me too. They're like, oh, you like old stuff, uh-huh. old cameras, right? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. So when, actually, when I bought the, I went to pick up the darkroom supplies for the my students for this year. Yeah. And the they were like a young couple. And I walk in the garage and they're like, oh, it's it's over here. You could grab it, whatever. And I I brought it home and at the bottom of the box was a notebook from like 1973 and it was literally oh. the the wife's dad's darkroom notes from 1973. Oh, and no kidding. Everything was like documented, but it was like immaculate and it was scrapbooked and he had, you know, like the the timetables pasted in there and everything was folded nicely and it's just like it should be in a museum for That's sure. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. What a f- man! What yeah, a what a find. find! That's that's insane. So, Dylan, how often do you photograph your own work at home? Are you like Tim? You like you go out and shoot, and then come right back and develop a roll of film? Yeah, it it bothers me if I have too many rolls sitting on the shelf. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> like I get, oh yeah. yeah, I I feel the pressure for sure. So I usually I'll I'll catch like a planning period, or I'll I'll stay late at work, and I'll just because I have all my stuff there. Oh, so that's I'll yeah, just, that's perfect. You can just do it all at work. Yeah, I just do it at work, so I'll just stay late, and I'll crank out a couple of rolls of film, and you know, if a friend throws me a few to develop for them, I'll do it after school or whatever. And so it's nice because it's it's convenient for me for sure. But you know, when I when I travel and stuff, and I come back and I have you know twenty thirty rolls of film, I'm just like I gotta find either time or a cheap lab so yeah yeah Yeah. man that happened to me with that we had our county fair recently and i went three days i i wanted to go all seven but i can only afford to take off three days from work and man i shot so many rolls of film and then i was just looking at them after the whole thing was done and i was man this is like I have 13 35 millimeter rolls, like 12 <laughs> medium format, and then a couple of sheets. And I was just like, man, this is going to be. Gonna be <laughs> I was going to say, you have to start, yeah. start, you got to just jump in. Yeah, but it, it was awesome because I had recently got a a Patterson tank that holds, uh, what is it, six rolls of 35 or oh, three you got rolls the big one. of 120. So, yeah, oh man, so much worth it. Like, it sucks. It's a lot of chemistry, right. but I mean, just to knock all that out in one shot is, it's a good Wait, how many rolls sure. does it do? It does three 120s and then I think six or seven 35 All millimeters. at once? Wow. Yeah, yeah. But it takes like 2,000 2, milliliters of chemistry. So it's it's like two liters Damn. of chemistry, basically. Right. And, and and I didn't know that it didn't come with the spools. So I had to like order all the spools separate oh, then too. Because no. like once you get past a certain tank, yeah. Once you get past a <laughs> it's certain all the tank, cart. they don't give you the spools with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, come on, yeah. Patterson. But yeah. And I, and I wanted to have a bunch of extra stuff because the class that I'm going to be teaching with the kids, like I wanted them to each have a tank to use to develop. Right. So. I usually pair kids up, which is pretty helpful. Uh, and they, oh yeah, yeah we do. Yeah, I was gonna we say do. you should give him some tips. Yeah, <laughs> and we do the changing bags too. I mean, the kids kind of hate it because I'm like, don't cut your finger off. You know, you got a pair of scissors in there. Yeah, but yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, they do pretty well. The hardest part is always getting it on the reel if they don't have the the easy load one with the track in the middle. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes I have to, you know, I say, all right, roll up the roll up the na- the film and put it in the tank, cover the tank, and I'll I'll do it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do it for you. Yeah. That's so funny. When I started photography school in 2003, it was my first time shooting 120, like medium format, because I was all 35 before that. Yeah. And so we had the um, stainless steel or aluminum, whatever the right. silver tanks. 
and so that, that it wasn't the plastic like you know i'm making the movements yeah. like mm-hmm. people can see what i'm doing but yeah. <laughs> um so i couldn't forever you're, you're i couldn't <laughs> i couldn't get it to catch like because it was a different like it kind of slid on there and right you gotta like clip it in the middle and then yeah. kind of guide it right yeah and i remember yeah. the silver it you couldn't tell if they were separated right so i was like you know i was like what i was like how old was i, I was like, i was 20 and i had to be like like one of the kids like i can't do it like, can you come help me? And like, my yeah. teacher was like, "This is the last time I'm doing this for you. The last time." Yeah. And I'm like, "Okay, okay, I, I'll, I'll get it." Yeah, I tried it once and I couldn't get it on the metal reel. I just so I just yeah, I stick with the patterns and stuff. Some people swear by the mm-hmm. stainless steel stuff though. They're like, they could do it with their eyes closed too. So yeah, it's like I guess it's yeah. like a, a feeling, you know? Yeah, you can get it. It is. It's it's like a muscle memory. After a while, you just kind of go in there and do it. Like I'm. I'm pretty quick with it these days. I was days. just so afraid because if you miss, it, it, the film would touch and then it would be ruined. Right. Oh, that's such a bummer. Mm-hmm. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. That's how I felt. Learning how to do 4x5 was was a big step for me in developing, too, because, like, you have to load the the negative holders and, and then load the developing tank with that. And it's... They, I, I finally figured out, I always hear on the film photography podcast, they always talk about the film sweats when you're right. yeah. in the changing yeah. bag and stuff. And I was like, what are they talking about? They're so funny. And then I was like sweating my, my butt off and I was like, yeah. okay, I get it now. I get it. Yeah, that happened to me the first time I developed 120 and I was I was struggling mm. because that was before I had the easy track one with the track in the middle. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I was just trying, you know, I, I, I clipped the edges, the corners of the 120 film and I still just couldn't get it. And I think it was like a roll of Ilford 3200. So it was it was a nice mm-hmm. roll of film too. It's not like, you know, a five dollar roll of film. That stuff's expensive. So oh, I was yeah. just like, oh, I'm so done. Yeah, I think in photography school we yeah. didn't have the bags. I think I had to like go in the like a little room and close the door and be in the dark. Well, I figured that would make it easier to use the the metal reels, right? Because I feel like the plastic ones are more. Yeah. you know more accessible in the bag yeah 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 so i mean there's only like a certain amount of minutes that can go by and, and you're in complete darkness where like forget it <laughs> like i don't even <laughs> want to do photography anymore i quit <laughs> the walls start closing yeah in i can't breathe in here <laughs> yeah that's exactly what it is it's yeah. so funny it's like claustrophobia and all that's all that's in dark is my yeah, hand. yeah. <laughs> and i'm like still like no <laughs> that's awesome dylan do you have any other tips for for uh timothy with working with the kids oh patience man just patience just be patient kids just get stuff i i threw an slr camera to a sixth grader once and i was like here's the manual and the manual didn't move and he was just tinkering with it and he just figured it out on his own figured it out yeah their brains are like sponges now that's like they're on their ipads and their phones already by like what like seven or eight so i'm sure like yeah yeah And if any of them have a smartphone, make them download the development app and don't let them use your phone. Yeah. Because then, (laughs) then you got to sit there and watch them develop. You can't do anything. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You need a you need a time killer for yourself. So. I'll just be taking pictures of them. Probably. There you go. Yeah. Timothy, are you doing them all at once, or are you splitting them up? No, you're doing them all at once, right? You said you had nine kids. Yeah, all at once. It's only it's only nine. It was the reason why it got held off a little bit is because two went on vacation and they weren't gonna do it. They were like, ah, we just don't have time. But then their parents contacted me and they're like, is there any way you can like do them? And I was like, well, how about I just delay everything, you know, two weeks and then we'll just, we'll yeah, do it. When oh, let everyone back. do it. So yeah, yeah, it's it's nine kids and I. You know, I have a camera for everyone. Not everybody's got an SLR, but they got either a point and shoot or an SLR. Kind of whatever they feel comfortable with. I'm going to let them, you yeah. know, I'll set them out and they can have a Royal Rumble for yeah, them or that's something. Like, I don't um, know what kids do the these days. The documentary I was talking about, it was all point and shoots. She was just giving them the point mm-hmm. and shoots and they were shooting color and she was getting them developed. And it was just like the most interesting thing was like, you know, she was talking about like composition and stuff with them and like what they would yeah. go shoot after that it's a really cool documentary see that's what that's what i'm so excited for the beginning part like where we load the film and then just like walk around for an hour yeah. and you know shoot the film right. just so i can give my kind of two cents on what i know and it, it kind of just to test myself too to see like what what i've actually know about this yeah stuff is kind you of you have to like go back to the basics yeah, and a... talk about shutter speeds mm-hmm. and f-stops and try to explain that <laughs> oh yeah yeah 
Yeah, I have like little charts and stuff made out. I'm definitely going to make like a little, if everybody's cool with it, I'm going to make a little behind the scenes oh, video. Sure. I can't wait to talk like about the- it. Oh, that'd yeah. be I think really cool. Be I think they'd be super yeah, down yeah. for that. I used to, uh, I used to start the kids off with point and shoots, especially like the sixth graders who were like 11 years old. Yeah. And it would just be easier for me. But this year I, I just gave everybody an SLR and we're going to see how it goes. Today we did our first session with the first group of the year. So We'll see how it goes. We did like a walk around for about forty minutes, an hour, like you said, yeah. and we'll see how it comes out. I hope, I hope they all nailed it because the quality of the photos from the SLRs and the point and shoots, like we've gotten some amazing shots from the point and shoots. But when when I threw those SLRs at some of the older kids last year, I was just I was blown away. That's awesome. Oh, I bet, yeah. I bet. Yeah, it definitely ups the quality a yeah, little bit. For there. sure. I just teach them. I think I just basically teach them how to use the camera, and then I also teach them. Just I literally only teach them the rule of thirds, which they probably forget about by the time they get a camera in their hands. Mm-hmm. But at yeah. least just try to implant something in them, because I face this battle of: Am I being too overbearing? Am I making these kids the photographer that I am already? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you said, like you want to like test yourself and teach the kids what you know, but at the same time, is it like, oh man, am I am I hindering their their openness to creativity? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Nurturing at the same time. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. I kind of just need like a back to basics too. Oh yeah, I was gonna say that's gonna be fun for you just in general, just to be like, all right, we're going back mm-hmm. to f stops and all that stuff. I mean, when it, it's kind of like when I used to play drums, I used to play drums in bands and stuff. I would just when you get so stuck, like when you stop progressing, mm-hmm. like when you stop moving forward with that, like you have to do something different, or you're just gonna like quit, or you know, or you're just gonna get stuck in your ways. So I would learn opposite handed I would learn how to play you know with my opposite foot my opposite hand my you know I would try to switch it up and then like during practices and stuff I would play completely backwards until I could hold the beat or whatever you know when I would switch back to regular it would be a breath of fresh air you know what I mean I'd have like a whole new trick with my opposite hand because I was making myself learn it that way so I'm kind of like hoping that this kind of does that in a way too like i kind of want to get something out of them they don't know that they think i'm giving them something but i'm trying to kind of you know find something new like maybe they're going to teach i'm sure me i'm sure they will for thing. sure you know like yeah yeah i think you know i know we've talked about like a lot of different things and we kind of jumped around topic to topic and back and forth again and again but i think just to get back to like being a hobbyist photographer i think that the beauty of film photography for me was that you know, I started shooting 35 millimeter on a point and shoot. And then the next thing was like, I got a more serious camera or then I started shooting 120 and then I started developing my own film. And then I started, you know, enlarging myself. And then I started, you know, I started the blog and then I was like, Oh, I want to print something. You know, there's always something new to learn. And I guess it kind of goes with me being a teacher too, is that I just, you just, you never stop learning, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of people that are into film photography are those type of people that never want to stop learning. They don't get, you know, they look for, they look to quench that thirst, so to speak, you know? Yeah. 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 And I think like setting projects for yourself too, not just like on the learning aspect, but like keeping yourself fresh and just in general. Uh, I've been l- noticing like a lot of my personal work has like turned into like landscape stuff because that's just like what I can go out and shoot when I'm off and just go out to like the beach you know, or anywhere in LA and just like shoot around. But I used to be all portraits. I used to shoot all portrait photography. You know, obviously I still do that for work and like with headshots and everything. But I I got a, um, my Pentax 645 and I put one or two rolls through. And then my next personal project, I'm going to do a whole, I'm going to do a portrait series. I'm just going to do like portraits of people on this camera just to get back to shooting people because I miss it. Yeah. So it's good to like keep learning and also like, keep pushing yourself. Yeah, but that also makes it personal too, like we talked about earlier, you know, and just making your work more personal and I think the just the learning experience is personal too. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. I love that. Yeah, that's why that's why I'm so glad I jumped into the whole 4x5 thing too because I mean, talk about slow, talk about having to get it precise, talk about, you know, like you get two frames. You get one on one side, one on the other and you know, you have to really make sure that your photo is framed up. You have to make sure your exposure's right. You know, it's really just taking it slow. Like everybody's always like, I switched to film 
to slow yeah. down, you know? And it's like, okay, yeah, yeah. I get that. But we still, <laughs> I still shoot a roll of film and develop it yeah. an hour later. I'm not doing right. it any slower than We're not I going was. that slow. No, no. Going to the large format, like, it really made me take a step back. And doing that, I, like, came up and realized that, you know, for the last, like, four or five years, I've been working on a project, and I didn't even know it was there mm -hmm. kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, it all just kind of, like, having that time in between frames and stuff like that, like, really gives you a taste of what you're actually right. doing. Right. You know, it's just, it's it's crazy how, I don't know, it's just crazy how, like, mind-opening and... All, all that stuff yeah. you know what I mean like it's just such a there's so many aspects of this photography film photography thing that it's 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 there's there's never what am I trying to say here I'm getting ahead of myself there's never like a time where you're not yeah. learning yeah. something right. or and where you're not there's people doing so much awesome stuff you know people are doing like crazy stuff with instant photography oh, like when we talk everywhere with, with yeah. Wendy I didn't really know anything about mm -hmm. film soup and like that's the next thing I want to try because that's that's insane yeah. to me i listened yeah. to that today and i was like i don't even know what you guys are talking about yeah and i i, I feel like <laughs> i spend way too many hours reading about film photography on the internet and i had no idea what that was and i was just like whoa that's cool yeah you know? yeah so that's, that's what i mean it's like we're learning and we're like gonna experiment and there's so much to do it's just so great and that's why i, I love it so much so Dylan, this comes. This question comes from our listeners. Uh, we've been by request asked to ask our guests every week what their favorite, if they can narrow down their favorite camera. Most people can't, but just give it a go if you can try. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to play by the rules. Um, <laughs> while uh, I love the the ease of use, and I think developing and scanning 35 millimeter is so much easier than 120. I would have to say that my favorite camera is definitely my Mamiya Six. Nice. Um, it just gives that that six by six format is just something that totally like takes me out of traditional like format and it makes me think way different than I normally would just looking through a 35 millimeter camera or even like a six by you know a 645 camera or anything like that and any shots that I've taken with this have always been my favorite you know I came back from vacation this summer and I looked through those rolls like a hundred times and That's I was great. just like Man, like this is my favorite work and I, I just it keeps coming out of that camera and it it's really pleasing. So I'm gonna go with that one. Awesome. Man, there's just something so classic about square mm -hmm. format, six by six. The younger generation probably thinks Instagram came up with square <laughs> right. format. Right. But, but really, you know, look back at the classics, yeah. like, you know, all the six by six greats that were out there. Yeah, my Ashika A for the square. Oh, I used to have one of those. I love that. It's such a that. great that camera. That was my first TLR and my first uh, it's my 6 first TLR, six. too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I just got a Yashica mat, like, a couple months ago. So, I mean, it's just the bare bones, like, Yashica mat. Yeah. I, I just love that classic square format. And it makes you, it makes you work it really for your does. image, you mm -hmm. know, because... Like you really have to plan out the corners mm -hmm. and the middle mm -hmm. and the you know it's a, it's a it's an awesome format and that's an awesome camera. Good call, Dylan. Cool. All right, guys, this is the part of the show where we answer one of our listeners' questions, and this question comes from Jose Andres, and he asks, "Do you have any experience with film scanners? What are some of positives as well as some negatives?" It's a good question, Dylan. You want to go first? Uh, sure. Yeah, I have uh for thirty-five millimeter, I have a Pacon, but it's a non-plus model. Oh, you have a pack on. Oh. I do. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I, Is that I justify. It's on, the, uh, it's on the bucket list. Yeah. I, well, I got it before. Uh, there was a, a seller on eBay, AAA Imaging Solutions, that was selling like truckloads of them for a while. And I guess they ran out. Oh, and no as kidding. soon as they ran out, the price just surged in like astronomically. So when I first bought it, the going rate for the non-plus was probably in like the 350, 400 range. Oh my goodness. And now I, I literally just looked at a Facebook post before and one that was a non-plus was going for 850. Whoa. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because I've seen ones that are like $1,200. Yeah. And that's probably the plus model. Right. And th I mean, they're, they're beautiful machines. Uh, the first one I had didn't work well. And I kind of justified the purchase of the film scanner for my students. But I was yeah. just like... Oh Man. yeah, mm -hmm. but I was just like, yeah, I really need one. Like, you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Like, who am I write, yep. Can you write that off too? Uh, no, because I was like, I'm buying it for myself, and it's coming with me after. Oh, that. so oh, gotcha, <laughs> I was gotcha, like, gotcha. the school, yeah. the school's not keeping that one. Yeah, it's mine. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't have any negative experiences with it, except for the first one didn't work out so well because of I think it was one of the contacts, and it was kind of 
broken and I had to send it back. So I, I got a second one for like a partial, you know, credit refund sort of thing. Uh, the guy was really nice. About oh, nice. It. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, but yeah. ever since this, I got the second one, everything's been great. Uh, there's an awesome uh, pack on group on Facebook that is super helpful. They have the guides, they have the instructions, the guides, the paperwork. They even have scripts that'll like automatically rename your files for you. Nice. Uh, oh, so you great. don't have to sit there because it's very archaic software. So you have to like click backspace number, right. click backspace number. But instead you just double click this script and it runs and it does it for you. So uh, it's super efficient and it makes me love developing and scanning 35 millimeter. For 120, I have a Epson V700 and I, I really enjoy the scanner. I just feel like I can't scan. I just feel like either my scanning skills are just not up to par on that scanner uh, or I don't know what. But sometimes I'm really frustrated with myself when I scan on that. The uh, the film will curl up on me in the the stock hold the the stock film holders and I just I, it drives me mad. But eventually, yeah, and, and, it is. and it's really time I, yeah. consuming because that that scanner doesn't have like true digital ice technology. I from what mm-hmm. I understand, and I have to spend a lot more time post processing and getting rid of the cat fur because mm. I got two long hair. Yep. I got two <laughs> long haired cats, and I get dust and cat fur all over it, and I sit there, you know, for hours Man. and. Yep, so. that's so funny that you say that because I'm in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, the scanner itself is great though. I love it. I'm just glad I have something for each format, so I don't have any problem. Yeah, doing everything myself, which is really nice. I really like being in control of my entire process. So it's just been super cool to you know have both of those. Man, awesome. Yeah, just like you, I have the the V700. I. I don't have any problems with mine other than keeping the dust out of it. I mean, you open it up and dust just wafts right into it and you see, you know, it looks like snow, snowflakes all over the glass. But I, hey, a little trick, a Swiffer, one of these little handheld Swiffers. I know this sounds crazy, but I don't know if you can see that. See that right there? Dude, this thing, you can't, you got to go gentle and light with it. Guys, I know you can't see. It's just a little handheld (laughs) Swiffer. That's all it is. A little dust swiffer dude but i mean if you go super slow with it and you're not shaking it and you change it like once every two weeks or something if you're scanning a lot it it really helps with the dust and because yeah the digital ice on that is terrible i don't it's so bad i don't even use it i'd rather just you know clone it out in lightroom or photoshop or whatever but yeah i'm gonna have to do that i usually use like the microfiber cloth with like Mm -hmm. the you know the carl zeiss like uh liquid on the glass and liquid yeah yeah for sure. What was, I think it was Ben Horn. Ben Horn does a lot of like large photography, large format photography. And he was showing us, he's a YouTuber. He was showing the community how he cleans his scanner top, like a little pro tip or whatever. And that's where I got the Swiffer thing. And before that, I was just dusting it until somebody yelled at me for using duster on glass or something like that. Mm, right. You know, you're not allowed to do anything without somebody yelling. Yeah, at you yeah, for it. sure. But, you know, for medium format and large format, that the Epson V700, the, you know, 750, 800, 850 are all amazing for medium yeah. format for the large. The resolution is really know, nice you definitely on that see, one. Yeah. Oof. Oh, for sure. The 35 millimeter. I mean, I use it for all my 35, but I kind of I'm more of like a lo-fi looking kind of photographer anyway. Like I like the gritty stuff. Okay. So it kind of works great for me. But if I needed something that I shot 35, I would definitely just send it to a lab. Interesting. Like professionally scanned because I don't have a pack on. And that's like something I need to look into, especially for furthering my film development for people. Like I really want to be able to give them like solid professional scans. And with these like Epson scanners, I, I, I can't tell you that it's a professional scan because for 35 millimeter, it's just too small. Yeah. Right. And, and for curling too, one thing that I've learned for curling is flipping you know how you get those i forget what those little squiggly colored lines are called that you see it's like newton's rings or something oh, weird yep. like that I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, do you yeah, ever yeah. see that yeah. yeah flip your film around flip it so it's it's the roll the rainbow is like going up say your film's gotcha circle curved, got it you know flip it so it's the other way you're you might have to inverse it in photoshop okay. or whatever but like it totally takes all the curl away and all those issues with curling oh, like if you just turn it around that's awesome 
Yeah, I mean, I started with a Epson V550, and which is basically the Epson V600, and that got me through up until literally this year I got the V700. Other than that, I don't have any experience with any other scanners. I mean, you can scan, like if you're on a budget, like no budget, you can definitely take like your your HP or Canon home scanner and take your cell phone and put a white background on it and put it down on the scanner on your regular flatbed scanner at home and it'll scan your film and you'll have backlight like if you're oh, on a budget right, like that yeah. like yeah it's i'm gonna do a whole tutorial yeah, you on need that to. that's like, awesome because i that's how i did my first book because i didn't have Whoa, anything to scan film that's with. wild and i scanned it all with i i'd put it to the highest resolution take my ipad and put it on top of the film and just scan it that way it was so like barbaric, but it, it worked. It worked. I mean, any yeah, anything is possible, there guys. Anything is possible. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I need to. I need to to start investing and looking into scanners just because that's mainly why I don't develop my stuff at home. Is because like I would spend all this time developing, and they're like, okay, great. I have to wait till tomorrow till I can go to a lab and wait for them to scan yeah. it. It's like <laughs> this right. is dumb. I still have my Epson V five fifty. Like I would send it to you if I if I know that it would like actually make oh, it yeah. there and not get damaged. I don't know how to package something like that. Because literally, it's just sitting in my we'll closet. Lots of bubble wrap. We'll have to, yeah, look into that because yeah. that would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, even if you use it until you get something, like I would definitely help you out. I want you to, I want you to be a part of this team. The develop the now developing <laughs> team. Develop my own work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Do you have any experience with uh, like the Wolverine scanners on Amazon? I used to use those before I had the pack on with the students and they would sh cut them up in strips of six. It was all right for what it was, I think, you know, just to get the kids scanning and digitizing their work. Yeah, yeah. Man, somebody was telling me about those. I think it might have been like Nick from Nick Exposed. He was kind of telling me about something like that. I have to... There's a couple nice desktop ones that you can get that are like, you know, three or five hundred dollars that are like still legit. They're not Frontiers or Pack-Ons, but they're like, they're good. Yeah. I need to look into it. Jose, I hope we I hope we answered some of your questions there. <laughs> yeah, Jose. With the positive and negative. Thank you for sending that question and uh thanks for everybody who has sent questions. Again, you can email us if you'd like to hear us answer a question on the air with our guests, analog talk podcast at gmail.com. And you can send us a message on Instagram too, if that's easier for you guys, just to say hello and send us a question. We'll be glad to uh to ask our guests whatever you guys are are looking to get answered. So this week's photo challenge, we asked Dylan, our guest, to come up with one and what did you what did you come up with, Dylan? What do you want our, our friends to shoot? I think we should do some slow shutter photography. Which I'm excited to see what you guys come up with. I haven't dragged my shutter. It's been a minute since um, I was like shooting concerts back in the day. So I think we get some cool motion blur and stuff. There's so much stuff. I was thinking about it since we were, you know, talking before the show. We were talking a little bit about it. And I used to do some crazy stuff with flash and a slow yeah. shutter. Just kind of like mm -hmm. motion, yeah, yeah. like pulling the camera, but yeah, hitting the flash at the same time. Like I would I would hit the flash and then like drag the camera, like just. Those were the best concert shots. Yeah. You <laughs> cool. And uh, you guys, you can share that onto the Flickr group, Analog Talk podcast on Flickr. Make sure that it's available to download because we'll be sharing those on Flickr. Our um, website gallery is getting an overhaul. So that's why if you guys have been checking our website, we haven't been sharing. It's in the process of getting redone. So once that's up and running, we'll definitely let you guys know. But keep sharing to the Flickr group because they'll be there and it's a great place to kind of um, check out everybody's work. I've also been seeing on the Flickr group discussions. If you guys are wanting to chat with each other, that's a great place to do that too. I've been seeing you guys kind of interact with everybody and I think that's really, really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. I love, I love that. I love seeing yeah. that going on. So that's been that's been really awesome. You guys should really give yourselves a pat on the back for that. I mean, you guys, I mean, I know that the people are making the discussion, but you guys are really given a platform for that. So I think that's really cool. Oh, thanks, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. And thank you for joining us. This has been an awesome episode. Yeah, this is fun. It's been, really, so been really, really great. Where can everybody check out your work? On Instagram, it's now.developing. And then the website is nowdeveloping.photos. Oh, I, I meant to. I wanted to tell you about that. That is awesome. That you oh, got the dot the photos. Name? Yeah, I was like, wait, what's his website? And then I, I put like nowdeveloping.photos and I, put, I typed out .com after it and was like, no. That's really cool. I don't need the dot com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. When I went to go buy the domain, I was just thinking about like, I was like, yeah, I want to start a film photography site or a blog or whatever. And I was like, I don't know. I need something that's sort of brandy, I guess. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, Smart. I want something recognizable at least. But uh, I, I noticed that there's like a huge list of things that you could choose now as, you know, your domain. Yeah. 
So I was like, oh, photos. I was like, I got to figure it out. Perfect. I actually named it Dude, around that, that. When I was making right? my website. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you guys, if you guys haven't checked out Dylan's website, it's a great place. There's He does features for, on photographers. He does camera reviews. He's, he's, the blog is really awesome. It's a great place to get lost and, uh, you know, check out film photography stuff there. So Yeah, it's basically his yeah, diary. Awesome. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. He's given all the secrets away. <laughs> and then we're on our social media is... Let's see, we're on Facebook now, so give us a like on Facebook. We're on Twitter as Analog Talk Pod. We're on Instagram as Analog Talk Podcast. I'm on all the social as Crispy Photo on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and that's it. What about you, Tim? All right, guys, you can find me on Instagram at Timothy Makeups, and I also make YouTube videos about film photography. Um, that's just my name, so you're going to want to go to youtube.com slash Timothy Ditzler, D-I-T-Z-L-E-R. And I also started doing these little like five to ten minute, I, I wouldn't call it a podcast, it's kind of just like an off the top of my head, there's no editing, there's no, it's kind of just raw little clips of me talking about film photography on this app called Anchor FM. So check that out too. It's a it's a growing community, it's a pretty cool I saw Mike, place. You guys should pop Mike over. From, uh, yeah, yeah. Mike Padua from Shoot Film Co. He just started. He did an awesome little mm-hmm. segment about um, the new the new films that are coming out, different different kinds of film. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us, cool. Dylan. This has been awesome. Yeah, thanks so much, Yeah, Dylan. thank you, guys. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. See you guys.